0: Hi, I'm Andrew,
1: and I'm Jason, and I'm Martin, this is Hemispheric Views.
2: So what the hell's going on today? Guess what today is? Tuesday, uh, Saturday.
0: Okay, I should be more specific. Guess what episode number this is today? Uh, 49. No. Oh. 51? Close. No. And in our trivia corner, a C option is 50th. Wow. We've been doing this for 50 years.
1: Is that the shortest unannounced trivia corner we've had? <laughs> yeah, I'm still working on my so. technique. I'm not really good at this. <laughs> we'll get there. It was so unannounced that you ac- we didn't actually know it was happening until you <laughs> a, said it that 49, already 49, B, 51, or C, 50th episode. But on the 50th episode theme, Mm -hmm. I wanted to bring the hemispheric branding into two little segments that I thought we could discuss. A bit of fun, something a bit weird and different for this 50th episode spectacular. Mm. And Natasha kindly gave (laughs) us some names that actually rhyme with our own show title. And I thought it would be fun to do this. So, the first one is hemispheric bruise. Hemispheric Mm. bruise. Now, bruise, that's what happens when you injure yourself. So, I thought it'd be funny if we actually discuss... Our worst or funniest personal injuries. Did you two manage to come up with an example of this? I did. Andrew, you first. I actually had a, an, an impromptu injury yesterday.
0: Doesn't this is not this is not my answer. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it's like it just it, Do you plan your injuries
0: normally? <laughs> no, we've had a few injuries in our household this week. So, so the first one, the first one, i have got to get this on my chest. Okay, guys, the first one, I got stung by a bee yesterday, so my finger. Mm. My feet, I was pulling a leaf out of a pool. Didn't realize there was a bee on there, on the leaf. Bee got angry and stung me. So that wasn't nice.
2: So you're not you're not allergic to bees, I take it. No,
0: not at all. Except okay. it hurts. That's good. The other injury in the house this week is the hemispheric bu- bruise in the universe. My six-year-old son's broken his leg this week. So that's just hemispheric bruise adjacent. <laughs> so six-year-old with a cast around his leg this is gonna be fun six six to eight weeks how's he going
1: is he okay yeah
0: he's okay we got him in a wheelchair now and he's actually loving that Hooning <laughs> around good for him
1: <laughs> now yeah is he loving the fact that he can scoot himself around the most or is it that he actually asks to be pushed and enjoys the service no he
0: wants to drive himself so oh. what he does need to do is he needs to be lifted into the chair and stuff he he's th- doesn't have any mobility it only happened like three days ago so this is early days yet have you drawn
2: our logo on the cast yet?
0: That's a good point. Be
2: my first I've question. my name,
0: but didn't do the logo. Good point. All right, mm. merch opportunity.
1: Like Andrew Canyon was
0: here.
2: Like yeah, property of or like is that? <laughs>
0: <laughs> I just if lost, please return to. <laughs> no, I just did something boring like dad, and I love heart. Oh, that's sweet. Anyway, sorry. That's all by the by. We're here for my worst or funniest injury, right? I'm going to give you my funniest one. I think. So, I was in high school. It was either year 11 or year 12. I can't quite remember, but they're the, the two last years of school. And we had outdoor basketball courts. Bitumen. Jason, does bitumen, is that, is that a thing in America? Does that make sense? No, please elaborate.
1: Uh, would they say asphalt, but we would say asphalt? Tarmac? <laughs> <laughs>
2: Okay, I I got you. So some road-type
0: surface. Yeah, yeah, that'll do. Okay. All right. Okay. Ground. We'll call it (laughs) ground. Yes. And um, Mm -hmm. back in those days, I was relatively athletic, but we had those basketball hoops that, Martin, you'll be familiar with this, outdoor basketball hoops that are on a pivoting pole, Mm -hmm. and on one side there's a basketball Mm -hmm. hoop, and on the other side there's a
1: netball ring.
0: Familiar with those?
1: That does sound familiar, Yes. Yeah, so you could adjust for the sport. Yes,
0: and they would you would spin them around 180 degrees, so that the ring you needed was on the court because a netball court and a basketball court are very similar in size. Oh, okay. Anyway, by the by, so yeah, there was there was theoretically somewhere in that school this big pole that you could reach up and hook into a hoop and pull the ring around to spin it around 180 degrees. Okay, that pole was a thing of Lore and legend because it was never, I don't, I don't think I ever saw it. So, what we used to do is you would get one candidate would elect to jump up and they would grab hold of the basketball ring with their hands and hang down, and other kids would grab your legs and you would be a human pole and they would pull you around. Standard practice, right? Sure. Because I was tall and I could jump, I was one of those candidates that would often jump up, grab hold of the ring, and get pulled around to get the basketball. Court set up for us at lunchtime. One day, I jumped. (laughs) And (laughs) it just didn't quite go right. This is a long time ago now. So my memory is a little bit fuzzy, but in terms of how it it actually happened. But I grabbed the ring, but I think my forward momentum or something was off. And it was a hot day. My hands slipped off the rim. Which means I tumbled back to the ground, but my legs were swung forward. So I landed... On my coccyx. Oh no! All right, so straight on your <laughs> butt, basically, but hitting my coccyx. Yeah, you did on bitumen. Ow! Now, I thought I was paralysed. Oh! I th- really thought I'd, I'd done, I'd killed myself, <laughs> or at least paralysed <laughs> myself, because it, it hurt, but it didn't hurt at first. And the worst thing is, at school that age, you don't get a lot of sympathy from your uh, peers. Mm. They just laugh at you.
1: Yeah. So, you were effectively paralysed on the ground fearing for your life and everyone made fun of you after they failed to secure you.
2: Yes, that's right. To be fair, that's perfectly in line with the time frame in which this happened.
0: So, the last element of the story is then I went to the office and said, I've just really hurt myself. I, I need to go home. This really hurts. I can't see it. Like, everything hurts. And they just had no appreciation for what I'd just done to myself. And they just said, oh, just go <laughs> lay down in the sick bay for a while and you'll be fine.
1: <laughs> That's also a classic it's response.
0: Like, maybe, it's like for the, the
2: equivalent time. of walk it off, but it's like lay it yeah, off. Yeah,
0: yeah. And the uh, yeah. thing is I couldn't lay down because it hurt my coccyx too much. So I didn't get to go home from school early. I was hurt uh, and that stayed hurt for a few weeks at least. It was agony. And that is my hemispheric bruise.
1: I wanted to know the chairs that they had you sitting on in the sick bay. Were they the classic? See, it might be different in Western Australia from New South Wales. Were they kind of really squared off dark grey or brown metal legs that were hollow? And it was like a vinyl rectangular seat cushion no, in either like beige yeah, or dark blue. I know
0: the thing you're talking about. I know it. I don't think it was one of those. I think the chair was more like one of those molded plastic ones. No, they have them
1: Oh, no, like an actual school chair. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, there wasn't even cushioning. No. <laughs> no. I'm just imagining now in The Simpsons, like when they get those new posture correcting chairs and all the kids are like bent, like out of proportion <laughs> in odd angles to restore their lumbar See, I'm, position. I'm pretty old, right? So, this was the
0: 90s. And so, this is like before anybody really gave a damn. Yeah, yeah. Kids were
1: expendable. So you actually smelled like teen spirit.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, <I> really did, <laughs> and it hurt. But in a few months' time, I was back to dunking again. But I never again volunteered to be the guy that would jump up and be the uh, be the stick. You learned a lesson. I did. That's good.
1: Now, Jason, you're into sports. What was your injury?
2: Oh yeah. So we're we're doing uh, football things, and I was running to the back. Uh, field and i (laughs) i lobbed the 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 bomb one no no sports injuries whatsoever i don't think i've ever actually broken anything which i think you're supposed to say out loud i think that's one of those things you want to make sure you say out loud and then it happens directly watch out for those
0: stairs later on today
2: (laughs) yep yep i am constantly hurting myself it's a hard thing to pick and there's not really just one that stands out. I mean, you said fell down the stairs. I just did that recently full flight all the way down. That was pretty exciting.
1: Did you get the, uh, down the <laughs> Oh yeah.
2: Yeah, I did. Yeah. And it simultaneously went forever and it was very fast <laughs> at the same time. And the whole like time or something. I thought I was similar to Andrew. I actually thought I was like, I'm going to die. I'm, this is, this is it. I'm dead now. I'm going to be dead any second. One of these stairs is going to be the one that does it, (laughs) but I'm still here. So I did not die. Um, the ones that I guess stick out the most in terms of not really funny, but this one, one of them was really dumb in basic military training. I was going through a, I guess you could call it like an obstacle course thing. And where you're like climbing over one thing and then like, going under, like, razor wire and doing all this crap, right? And I jumped off of something into what I thought was just sand. Underneath the sand about just barely covered with sand was a giant, giant rock. Landed on it with my knee directly right on it. Oh, So painful. But being that this was basic military training, if you do something where you injure yourself, you risk being washed out to a new group, meaning you repeat that entire week. Or if you miss like you roll back. Mm -hmm. So everybody you've been going through this with, you're all one group. You risk being washed out and go back to a new group or you go into the sick bay and you're there until whatever. So I just pretended like it was fine. Uh, and went through the rest of it with with what was probably a horrible thing to do. But the military, so there you go. That was not ideal. It was very gross and purple and giant and could not bend very much. And every morning at, I think it was 4 o'clock a.m., uh, doing our physical training every morning was a
0: blast <laughs> with a completely effed knee. Did you have like? Was there one one of the people going with you? Were they like the medic in training? So could you call out like medic?
2: <laughs> <laughs> that would have been that would have been nice. I did get I re- recall several times in the evenings of people seeing this this uh, train wreck of a knee and being like, you should probably talk to somebody about that. And it's like, nah, I'm good. We're gonna just we're just gonna go. We're gonna work through this. All right, man.
1: Okay. Well, my injuries. Um never come from anything brave or particularly daring so Mm. that i'm going to bring up two injuries for you fairly briefly that everyone in my family would probably dub a martin injury Mm. the first one was when i was in year 10 at high school and just to clarify for our american listeners that's not like i was in the senior years of high school for 10 years which probably sounds like a very long time it's like how old are you like 32 (laughs) by now or something Um, we were on a school trip to Fraser Island, which is off the mainland, uh, off the coast of Queensland. I think actually nowadays it's properly referred to as Kigari. So I don't want to get that wrong, which is its original First Nations name. But anyway, when we were there, we were basically arriving to go on the trip for over a week. And one of the teachers had this wise idea. Oh, look, there's these logs next to the water that are like tiered for photos. Let's go and take... Photos there. Anyway, on that during the group shot, I think I might have actually mentioned this before. I actually slipped off because of barnacles under my shoes and ripped open my arm in parallel scarring with barnacles and had to nurse it for the rest of the trip. And people thought I'd like been scratched by some sort of dingo or something. (laughs) Using that as the example of a feld injury, the one that I actually want to mention is do you know, like, little tissue packets that you get, how they have that little adhesive sticker? Yep.
2: The little individual
1: tissues. Have you ever sliced yourself on one of those before?
2: No. Mm, I don't think on one of those particularly, no.
1: When you lift that little adhesive tab on a packet of plastic pocket tissues, if that slips underneath your thumbnail-
2: Ooh, mm, Yeah,
1: that's a good And one. slices the sensitive skin Ooh. under the nail, that is one of the worst injuries that you can ever receive. Yeah. So For a good week after that, I was unable to really grip anything between my index finger and thumb because a packet of pocket tissues had rendered my thumb unusable. Yep. So my hemispheric bruises are always in the form of things that actually are in no way daring and are fairly mundane. That makes me
2: really happy, actually, because you can ask Valerie about this, but I Mm. at least probably three to five times a week will just be randomly bleeding somehow (laughs) from something without knowing why or how it happened. But all of a sudden, I'll just look and be like, well, there's blood all over my arm. Like, what even happened there?
1: Well, that brings us to the second rhyming segment, which is Hemispheric Muse. Now, this segment is about your biggest idol or who inspires you. I thought this would be a good one because, you know, 50 episodes in, people have listened to us for a little while. I think they get who we are as characters, but maybe there's something from our past or some major influence that explains who we are why we kind of fill these roles in this show. Jason, do you want to start this time and share maybe who your hemispheric muse or muses are?
2: Um, Let's see here. My hemispheric muse. This is very difficult to answer.
1: Good. (laughs) Good. (laughs) Why is that good? It's interesting. Good to see the thought process.
2: I feel like there's a lot of easy answers in the sense of the, the kind of usual suspects of people that are famous and, and so forth. But I think I would actually go back to a teacher that I had. I mean, no one's going to know who it is. So that doesn't, that's irrelevant to the, to the story, but it was the kind of teacher that took the time to understand who his audience was and tailoring it to that versus just showing up teaching the subject and leaving and truly taking the time to personalize as much as possible obviously to each individual's need and how that they needed the information to be given to them so they could best absorb this and it it was a it was a physics class so it was kind of ultra important for that because that is a that is arguably a difficult subject depending on who you are and how you take that cuz there's science there's math there's there's everything all wrapped up into one and i just feel like that was one of maybe two experiences within the education time that i've had in my life that i actually thought was useful and happy that i was a part of it whereas most educational interactions are kind of like the usual why am I here? This is a waste of my time. This is a waste of their time. No one's getting anything out of this. We're just checking boxes. So I think that teacher was inspirational in a sense that it it kind of made me want to be a teacher. And I still have some bit of me that wants to do that. I don't know if that'll ever happen or if I would try it and it would be terrible. But I like to think that if I took and kind of molded myself around their style and their path that they took with all of us, that, that might actually be helpful to to someone else and, and make them think, wow, maybe school is not completely dumb. It's a tough one just because no one can really relate to it, but maybe you can in the sense that you had a teacher slash professor slash whatever uh, somewhere in your school history.
1: So even though you don't teach formally or professionally like what you were saying you might consider doing mm-hmm. are there ever any times where you think that you're being a teacher or transmitting knowledge generally and other things that you do because I mean teaching can be broader
2: yeah yeah for sure I, yeah, and when I say teaching I, I I guess I mean like traditional I am yeah. teacher you are student you're here to you know do the the school thing but yeah I would say every literally every day, of everything that I do from a work capacity is, is effectively teaching. Uh, it's taking information, creating and turning it into something that is digestible and understandable by others. I guess, yeah, to your point. Yes, you are correct.
1: I like being correct. So thank you.
2: (laughs) You get one today.
1: Well, yeah, I think that's probably a good way to do it because I look at the amount of work that, uh, Natasha brings home as a, Formal teacher, a little <laughs> bit terrifying sometimes. So maybe the way you're teaching is good now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
2: I I always wonder if maybe it's better to just keep that as like a what if I did that kind of thought versus actually trying to pursue it. Because I may end up with, Oh, that's not anything like I was hoping it was going to be.
1: That's a cool muse answer, actually. So your hemispheric muse was your physics teacher. Yes. My turn? Okay. Teachers, that's a great example, Jason, although I won't take that one. Obviously, that bloody bird outside that ruins all my podcast recordings is going. That
2: was a bird like an alarm. I thought it was your iPhone.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I have been up to do podcast recordings at like six in the morning for stuff overseas (laughs) and the sun rises and it's
2: (laughs) I thought it was either a horrible ringtone or a truck backing up.
1: I think it's both of those wrapped up into a feathered (laughs) beast i
0: think i think it needs to become our new um segment break music
2: (laughs) yeah i think so
1: but you could hear that oh yeah (sighs) i love it it's not that it's cockatoos or keep it in (laughs) lorikeets.
2: what kind of bird is that because it's gonna have to go in the notes
1: uh i'm not actually sure but i can check with a bird loving relative uh what it might be okay
0: i believe it's called bloody annoying bird
1: Mm. yeah or babs for short (laughs) yeah (laughs) Anyway, back to my muse. Um, I kind of went down the media path, I suppose. And the two muses, I suppose, separate but interrelated would be British comedians, Monty Python and Ricky Gervais, respectively. And I'm not putting cards on myself as some sort of comedian here or like I followed that path. But when I think about my childhood, growing up and watching that stuff really guided my sense of humour or world outlook. So when I look at Monty Python and Ricky Gervais, in fact, maybe I'll just focus on Ricky Gervais for this example. There's this kind of nothing is sacred, everything can be made fun of mentality that he takes in his approach to comedy. And if you aren't a Ricky Gervais person, people listening, uh, and you haven't watched some of his shows like The Office UK or Extras or even recently things like Afterlife, you might have seen stuff like his Golden Globes appearances and how he completely shreds Hollywood or critiques people and brings up very uncomfortable things. I really admire that as a way that he works. And whenever I get a little bit too uptight about something or think that you can't make fun of it or that you should be a bit more diplomatic i look at him and i think he's survived he's made a great career out of this and inspired a lot of people and on top of that he also makes fun of himself relentlessly so he's very aware of his status as now a very well-off white british guy who can kind of say whatever he wants about anything. So I think it's kind of a good life philosophy or outlook to have that's kind of guided me a bit in my sense of humour and my outlook that if you think that something can't be made fun of, uh, don't hold back, critique it, have a bit of a go at it because the only way that healthy discourse kind of functions or even democracy, as we were talking about in our most recent One Prime Plus episode, is when you can make fun of things and critique it. He's
2: the one that plays Steve Carell in The Office. Is that correct?
1: Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Got it. Are either of you two Ricky Gervais people? Not
0: hugely. I went through a phase, but not really. I know. I,
1: this is a conversation that's <laughs> going somewhere.
0: <laughs> I find him a bit annoying, to be honest.
1: Oh, can you expand on that?
0: um no (laughs) (laughs) i got nothing i just don't just don't really like he was great in the office he was great in the office right but i just his his style just doesn't doesn't work for me in general sorry i got no justification it's an emotional feeling
2: do you guys want to fight about the office versions or i guess we could do that at some point
1: uh, you can bring it up briefly now if you want.
2: No, I'd, that seems to be things that p- p- people get upset about. Well, the British one's superior. Mm, there well,
1: you go. I would say they're actually two very different shows. The problem is that because the first series, or sorry, the first season of the US version very closely mirrored or was based on the story of the original UK one, and it attracted those comparisons, really they ended up being two very different shows. So if you're after something that's more of an American style of humour and- is more of maybe a laugh out loud funny or silly situation thing that's where you watch the US one if you want something that's a really deliberately uncomfortable cringe-worthy suck the oxygen out of the room kind of approach then you watch the UK one it's the UK one is not necessarily something that you laugh out loud watching so i wouldn't even necessarily say that they should be compared other than the fact that they have the same but That's name. what's
0: ma- that's what makes the UK one great is that you don't laugh out loud you spend the whole 30 minutes or whatever just watching just going oh
1: Oh, Oh, and I prefer that. So I I agree. I think the UK one is better, but I understand that people have different needs or they want something different out of a show. Is that the conflict that you wanted, Jason? Or I didn't, I kind of muted it. Yeah, that'll do. That'll do. All right. We can amp it
2: up in post.
0: (laughs) You, Martin. You suck.
2: Yeah, there you go. See, we'll just, I got a little soundboard of, of Andrew insults and Martin insults. So we'll just kind of like, like pong.
1: Well, what would those sound like? Andrew would say, oh, sorry, I don't really have a justification. And Martin would be, well, I think you will find that dot, dot, dot examples ensue. Yeah.
2: yeah, well, it'd be, it would be more like there's the <laughs> the four second sound clips and then there's like the 45 minute sound clips. That would be the difference. Can you give us a rendition
1: of each of us, Jason? If you were imagining an a- an argument between Andrew and Martin, what would it be? Oh, my God. Play and the roles.
2: I think Andrew is just kind of already looking at something else and in, in just avoiding <laughs> the situation. And you are intently staring without blinking for multiple, multiple tens of minutes. Really? And, yeah. And just zero facial expression of just dialogue. Go. And it's it's probably between 25 to 45 minutes, generally. No word is less than like probably eight syllables. <laughs> <laughs> and that's kind of just how it goes. And then once it's done, you're like... <laughs> what happened there so what's the next rhyming one
1: well actually i think it's andrew's muse <laughs> and then we can move on
2: oh perfect
0: example <laughs> i thought he already went Oh, <laughs> well, i had a hard time with this one because right up until about 20 minutes ago i didn't have one i could not think of anybody i don't not really an idols or like following the, the role of somebody in a leadership sort of position i just don't Don't go with that. But I did come up with a bit of (laughs) a uh, hemispheric muse. And that person would be a Graham Maybury, OAM no less. Graham Maybury, when I was a little boy, I used to listen to talkback radio to fall asleep. And it was on the radio. It was the station 882 on the AM dial, 6PR. And Graham Mabry was a gentleman who hosted a radio show called Nightline for 33 years. People would call in, they'd talk to him, he'd interview people, he had butchers on. It was all sorts of different stuff. You never knew what you were going to get on Nightline. It was really good. A lot of old people, but for some reason I always felt comfortable in the, in the company of old people on the radio. This explains a lot. As like an 11-year-old boy. <laughs> mm-hmm. It was like you had 50 grandmas while talking to you every night. It was very reassuring. And to the point where when it was time for me to do work experience at school, I spent that work experience period at Radio 6PR, which was pretty awesome. Hmm. Um, Unfortunately, I was doing work experience during the day. Graham Mabry's shift was at night, so I didn't really get to meet my hero. But then he he's just done so much. Like he founded something, an uh, organization called Nightline. Um, not Nightline. Found it called Lifeline. And it started out as just like a little, oh. um, like, because people would ring him in the radio, like, you know, in dire situations. And he recognized the need and created Lifeline. And now that's grown to be one of the major, like, mental health support centers in Australia. And it's really impressive mm. to see, you know, how it's grown over all the years. And he helped, like, lots of people in who were in need. He was a pastor at a church and all this kind of stuff. So he was really connected to the social fabric of the city. And he was a great radio host, awesome voice, really good radio guy. And I think, well, if I look back, I'm like, well, now I'm doing podcasting and that's kind of like modern day radio. i spent some years on the board of a not-for-profit that was involved in helping people in need with, you know, homelessness and, Domestic violence and financial crisis, and all that kind of stuff. So, I spent some time in that area. And you see, you just think maybe his listening to him every night did have a layer of influence. Sounds like it. Yeah. And one of the, the funniest things, and it's, it's all falling into place because last night with Benji having his broken leg and he was having trouble falling asleep, I put on Apple Music. A song that Graham Mabry used to play every night at the end of his shift at midnight, because I used to stay up stupid late listening to him. I couldn't fall asleep. I'd just be listening. And he would play this song called One Day at a Time. There are various versions. I think Connie Lewis might have been or and I think there might have been a Charlie Pride version as well, but we'll check that out. But it's a very it's a very old sort of Old style song But it was very reassuring And it became like His trademark song And I played it to Benji Last night And I listened to it And I, my whole mind Was just taken back To this My own childhood And listening to that And it always had A real calming Influence on me So I think Graham Mayberry My hemispheric
1: muse <laughs>
0: well, Hang on Hang on What happened to Hemispheric chews?
1: Well I, I had to cut something Because oh. uh, Oh, okay. Uh, we can chat about it. I don't mind. I took okay, it out because- Can we make it a lightning
0: round? Lightning round, please.
1: Okay. Lightning round. Okay, the last on. of the hemispheric rhyming is hemispheric choose. Name your favourite restaurant or eatery. Go for it.
0: Oh, oh I thought
2: it was favourite type of food. I didn't know it was actually a <laughs> specific restaurant. You can
0: touch whatever
1: whatever floats your boat.
2: Sushi, burritos, pizza. In that order. Yes. Best sushi ever in my entire life was sushi Iwa in Kyoto, Japan. Yeah, best overall food-related experience
0: of my entire existence.
1: Andrew, what's your hemispheric chew?
0: Mine is from the Dolly Parton theme park. <laughs> I think it was. Thought, what's, it, what's the name? <laughs> is it um, Dream Dream World Dreamland? What's the name of her theme park? Uh, Dollywood. Dream more. Dollywood's Dream More.
1: I know it's only open from 9 to 5, whatever okay, it is. Dollywood's
0: Dream More <laughs> Resort in Pigeon Forge. Okay. What? Keep going. Go they ahead. They have a little <laughs> outlet there that sells, makes on site and sells this like cinnamon bread, I want to call it. When you buy it, it comes hot. It's so sugary and so light that it basically dissolves in your mouth. It's like a loaf, but it just disappears and it is the most delicious thing you could ever imagine. I also assume it's probably loaded with, with like fats and if you ate too much of it, you would end up the size of a house. But it is yes. to die for. I am ready to go back to Pigeon Forge just to eat that cinnamon bread. You can't find it anywhere else. It's just in the theme park.
1: Wow. So you have to visit Dolly Parton to get your favourite food. Yes. Wow! Well, if only she was there. I just want to give five
2: one prime plus bonus points to anyone that ever thought that Dollywood would make an appearance on the show. We got that. That, that one, that's the long bet, and if you took it, you, it's paying off now. <laughs> Gotta say, took us fifty to get here, but here we are, eating cinnamon bread at Dollywood.
1: Well, to finish the lightning round of Hemispheric Chews, our favorite restaurant, Natasha and I share this, is a place called Centro CBD, or just Centro for short. And if you're really Italian, Centro, I suppose that's how you're supposed to say it. It's an Italian restaurant in Wollongong where we have had many different family events and just, you know, nice dinners out. Over the years, I love it not just because their Italian food is excellent, but because it's the perfect balance of service. You know, when you go somewhere fancy and you dress up for it, but they're constantly waiting on you and you've just put that mouthful like in your mouth, that fork is in between your lips and they say, How's the food? and then you have to splutter with a mouthful. Mm -hmm. They always time it, they're never over the top. They have this picture of like Venice there and there's this little table for two under what appears to be a spotlight from the ceiling. Natasha and I were seated there one night when we had a table for two. And then people we knew from the family came in and just laughed at us because they'd positioned us in this like lady and the tramp thing under the spotlight in front of this picture of Venice. So I thought, are they trolling us? So I think they have a sense of humor. Did you do the spaghetti thing? We love the place. (laughs) Uh, i don't recall if we did it that night because we didn't actually have spaghetti but on other occasions yes it has been practiced have you done the spaghetti thing not at a restaurant i think but yeah we've tried it okay oh all right
0: i've just sent a link to uh, the cinnamon
1: bread in the chat perfect please we all need some Dollywood in our lives yeah really important
0: you need to click that and see see, witness the greatness
2: oh
1: man this bread
2: (laughs) holy crap this bread looks horrifying this looks like if you ate that you would be very <laughs> close to death it looks a bit like chicken so i didn't want to say it because i didn't want to like ruin your your that's not how i remember it but it, it does look it does look like a piece of meat in a tree
0: and that's not actually exactly how i remember it so it's a <laughs> i remember uh, it's the flavor you gotta leave it just
2: gotta pi- we'll go with your memory of it versus what we're seeing here I think we'll do You're that. only a few hours away
0: from Tennessee. You could
2: get there. A few, yeah. Road trip. hemisphere reviews road trip.
0: <laughs> <laughs> we get live on <laughs> site. Yeah.
2: yeah, a few hours away. Probably let's see. Oh wow. Uh, could you
0: do it by next show?
2: I mean, if I wanted to, I could. Directions, getting directions from my location. Oh, that's so close. So if your definition of a few hours yep. is one day and 12 hours then yes. <laughs> That's a few. i Are You, the I- are you checking
0: hours. the I95? It's
2: just a few hours. Oh, and there's a severe weather warning. So oh, okay. that might be a little longer. Yeah.
0: Wait to summer. Wait to summer.
2: Okay. I'll d- I'll do that. Yeah. I'll maybe by episode 73.
1: I'll meet you there or
2: Okay. It's a, it's a few more hours for you than it is me.
1: Hmm. Long way to go for a piece of bread with sugar on it. It's worth it.
2: <laughs> it's worth it. It's worth the, the 86 hours of plane flights and transfers.
0: All right. Hemispheric choose. Thank you for in, indulging me on that one, Martin.
1: No, I was happy to reinsert it. That's all right.
2: How would we have known about Dollywood and the bread otherwise? True.
1: I think he was aching to reveal it. It's like, what did you have for breakfast this morning? Well, what I didn't have was my favorite food, which is from Dollywood. Fun fact. Have you heard of Dollywood? (laughs) No.
0: Dollywood, to be fair, sneaky good. It's got about 10 roller coasters. It's got some really good shows. It's like, hold on, let me just
2: turn down my radio playing Dolly Parton. (laughs) Speaking of Dolly Parton, did
0: you know that there's a Dollywood and they have this bread
2: there out of this world?
1: Actually, now that we're on the topic of Dolly Parton, Andrew, yeah. how do you feel about Whitney Houston's cover of her song for, for The Bodyguard? Do you prefer Dolly Parton's original version of And I Will Always Love You?
0: I think I think I do. I think Whitney Houston's is a bit overblown. <laughs> yeah, some of those overblown. high notes. Okay. Like, impressive, but <laughs> mm-hmm. overblown. And right
2: back into the Matrix discussion again. How you guys are going <laughs> to fight about that? I have it on good authority. Martin is definitely on the other side of that argument, I think. so. <sighs> Big Whitney Houston fan. I there.
1: think I think it's actually really a cover for the fact that he really doesn't like Kevin Costner. What do you have against Kevin Costner? Is it, is it Waterworld? Is that the issue? Oh, Kevin, Kevin Costner.
2: Oh, Waterworld. Yes. That's the one with the dirt.
1: Yeah. Yeah. At least a rare piece of dirt. Yeah. The worst movie. Which, funnily enough, is not on the highest point of planet Earth.
2: There's way worse movies than that, I have,
0: I have to say. I agree. But it sure has made a, a great theme park attraction over many, many years. I think that's made more money than the movie. I enjoyed it. I'm just looking at satellite imagery of Dollywood now.
2: Obviously. Yeah. Can, does anybody have a, a loaf of bread? Can you, uh, Do we have that kind of resolution yet? I, I'm literally
0: trying to look back at where that bread was.
2: <laughs> yeah. We'll, there it we'll insert the uh,
0: GPS coordinates, <laughs> uh, the bread stand.
2: Those will be in there. What a
1: lightning round this is.
2: <laughs> yeah, really fast. Lightning's the slow one, right? Real slow.
1: Yeah, when you uh, put a slow mo effect on it, it can be very slow.
2: Mm.
0: Do you know, in other Dollywood Dollywood news, um, they had a lot of um, old people working on the attractions, which is not something you usually see at a theme park. And they were lovely. Mm -hmm. They had a lot more patience. And I just read the other day that. Were
1: they also radio presenters? No,
0: they weren't, weren't, but they were definitely my my people. Um, Apparently, Dollywood is now supporting anybody in her employ in those parks and things can get, she will pay for education and tuition for them to better themselves. Wow. Uh, any other? Your move, Disney.
2: Dollywood facts that, that we can Nah, that, that'll do. Can, cover?
1: can I just say, Andrew, have you applied to be on ABC's television show Hard Quiz as a <laughs> Dolly Parton specialist?
0: It feels like <laughs> this, that would be your calling. I choose basketball and Dolly Parton. <laughs> Together and nineteen nineties WWE wrestling.
1: You are an eclectic man, Andrew.
0: <laughs> I think there's a lot of overlap between
2: those three things. I, I bet you'll find that diagram's pretty pretty tight. I would think.
1: She was doing both in the nineties. Yeah, actually, yeah. I think Tolly might have been in WWE
0: at one point. Surely, <laughs> then Marsha must, must have been. <sighs> Just, <whoo. laughs> one of so. one of the divas. <laughs>
2: Just checking, real quick. Any any other Dolly
0: Dolly I think news that we need I think, to? I think, I think okay. I'm good. I went to a concert. I think I've been to two of them. Remember? Remember when he's like, "I'm done," and then he kept going. It's really remember good.
1: That? Yeah, his brain just catches up to the statement. Now made. I
0: want to start. Now I want to start singing "Blue Smoke," <laughs> climbing up the mountain. <laughs>
1: oh my god! Finish it. Keep going. Start again. Oh wow! No, he
2: can't. He could, but he can't because we don't want to get a copyright thing. So, other than that, it would be fine. But you know, I'm just looking out for the. the Maybe if he just sings the lyrics
1: as spoonerisms and swaps the first letters of each word, we can get by. So, Andrew, can you just sing a line from that song but swap the letters?
0: No. Do you know Jolly has a song called "The Grass Is Blue," which is basically a whole song of spoonerisms. Christ. And she's trying to trying to say that she doesn't love a man, but she actually does. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, mountains are low. We've started dissecting the songs for their meaning now. That's yeah. where we've come to. Yep. Okay, I'll, I'll stop. Okay, I'll stop. So on this. My idol, Hemispheric, Hemispheric Muse. <laughs> I want to change my pick, right? Dolly Farton.
1: <laughs> Dolly Farton? That's twice
0: now. He said he's, he's done and he just kept, kept
2: going.
1: All right. Revised answer. Dolly Parton is Andrew's Hemispheric <laughs> okay, Muse. We'll,
2: we'll go back and somehow somehow work that in. <laughs>
0: Can we do a special Media Corner? Yep. Absolutely.
2: Cue the music. Media Corner.
0: That music, that music that we just heard was done by our very own Alex Kenyon. Dolly Oh
1: no, no. I like you said I like the way you said our. Do we do we own we him, do, him we now Is we that do. some sort of Contra- contractual contractual. Arrangement?
2: He's on retainer. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Can you have a <laughs> can you have a musician on retainer?
0: Is that a thing? I think musicians take money anyway they can get it.
2: Oh, okay. Retainer.
0: So Alex as well as doing theme music for podcasts such as ours, he is in a band called Voyager. Voyager next week are on Eurovision Australia Decides. This is the time. That's so cool. Anybody who's in Australia and anybody who can VPN into Australia needs to find a way to vote next week for Voyager to get to Eurovision. Even if you don't like their music, we don't care. You like this podcast, you listen to it, you got to support Alex and the Media Corner theme tune. Yep. What's more is they have released a limited edition Voyager Dreamer beer so awesome you can buy beer with the band's uh name on it in its own can do you have any yet i've pre-ordered i shall be picking it up Oh, okay uh got a case got uh, they call it a cube Aren't these craft beers it's all very confusing you used to get just slabs and a slab of beer was 24 cans and that was easy but now there's cubes so if you want to buy a cube of beer which i've done how many do you get in a cube you get 16 so there okay. you go. Is it actually
2: a cube? I'm hoping so. Okay.
0: And it seems like f- 16 divides into a cubic shape, right? It should. So I'm excited that it's actually going to be a cube. I'll report back on that. How long is it, at, is it a limited run? I bel- yes, it is a limited run. So I've gone full, full fanboy. I love the song. There is on YouTube mm-hmm. also not only the song itself that you can listen to and enjoy. There is a... Their renditions focusing on each of the band members playing their part of the song "Dreamer." Yes, now this is the this is the Eurovision Song Contest song. It's really good, and I've bought a T-shirt, and I have now bought the beer. So I am full fanboying over this song. It's really good. I think you'll like it too. But you know who is also fanboying? Alex is fanboying over Hemispheric Views because you did you see the sticker the other day? The photo.
1: Oh, I saw I it. I did. Oh, I saw yeah. it.
0: We have got-
1: On his own mayonnaise guitar.
0: A Hemispheric View sticker on a mayonnaise guitar. Boys, we're going to Eurovision. <sighs> <sighs> going to be there right there, front and center.
2: And they're going to be like, wow, they did so good. And look at that sticker. Does he still get mad when you call it a mayonnaise guitar? I
0: think he's resigned to the fact at this point. I think we've we've worn him out. Okay. Yeah, you know, at first it was, no, 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 it's, it's not mayonnaise, it's mayonnaise. Yeah. Yeah, so you said, yeah, mayonnaise.
2: And I guess also, technically, I guess it would be a bass guitar. Is that accurate? So you're kind of doing it wrong twice, which just makes Shouldn't it... Shouldn't call it a guitar. Should, yeah. it
0: should be a should I call it a bass? Is that just what the musos call it, just a bass? Mayonnaise bass?
2: Uh, I don't know, or a bass guitar? I'm going to have to check with the... Oh, I hope they're not playing
0: outside in the sun. That could be bad. <laughs> So, media corner, Eurovision <laughs> decides. Australia, Eurovision colon Australia decides. It's next weekend. Okay. It's at five thirty next Saturday night. I think my time. Do the math, or just Google it.
1: Just search Eurovision duck, online. Duck, go, duck, duck, go! It work it out yourself. And yep. the point is, because you're not saving trees anymore any, anymore. No, are you, I'm Andrew, not doing the ecocrazy thing. You gave up on that.
0: Don't like it. Um, no. no, we're back Who to saving. So, now we're searching through Reddit. That's the thing we do now, actually. we, we Reddit is the new search engine. Wait, what? When did that happen? Do you guys not hear about that? No. Well, that's a big thing.
1: Andrew read it somewhere.
0: Ah, I see what you did there. Um, <coughs> no, because everybody's complaining now that Google is useless, which it is. It's full of SEO, spam, garbage. You can never get a real answer. So if you want to get a real answer from a real person, now you... You, you put the term into your search engine of your choice, but then you either just put Reddit at the end or you do the site colon reddit.com and that gives you an answer mm-hmm. that has some level of validity because some nerd has typed it into Reddit. Yeah. And it gets you bypasses all the, uh, the SEO stuff.
1: Hmm. All right. So I'm starting a new segment on Hemispheric Views and it's Andrew Recommends. Is that your first Andrew Recommends of the week?
0: I think it is. I feel like it's not mine though. I feel like I'm stealing it from somebody else.
1: Yeah, but you're recommending it.
0: Oh, fair enough then.
1: It's like if you said, I recommend you put mayonnaise on a sandwich, we're not saying, Andrew, you claiming that you invented mayonnaise? Mm, Good point.
0: Okay, then. I like this topic. All right. I'm all for it. So, yes, my recommendation is this uh, recommendation slash challenge. Everybody this week, whenever you do a search in your search engine of choice, add the word Reddit
1: to the end. R-E-D-D-I-T.
2: R-E-A-D space I-T.
1: You read it here first. Wait, heard it. What?
0: Just do it. Just do it, and see. And just honestly, well, qual- it doesn't matter what you're searching I see for. It after that, it doesn't matter. You-, you can't
2: say just do it. No, <laughs> So that's that one. You can't actually. That is stealing. I think
1: Andrew recommends just do it. <laughs>
2: yeah, it's in the game. Trademark.
0: Anything else, gentlemen? So, if people if people have enjoyed this episode fifty extravaganza, where might they go for more information about the Hemispheric Views universe? Oh, wait. Sponsor. We forgot about
2: our sponsor. We didn't even do the sponsor read. Damn it. You ready? I'm going to do it real quick. Three, two, one. Episode 50 of Hemispheric Views is brought to you by Hemispheric Views One Prime Plus, where you get all of your hemispheric views, news, brews, chews, and I'm going to stop rhyming words before I say something
0: bad. Oneprimeplus.com. Do you remember when we did the earlier ones and we did the ads? We did our own sponsors? That was fun. I liked those.
1: That's where One Prime Plus was born. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah, you're right.
2: There it is. We
0: might need to do that again.
2: I would like everyone to sign up at the lowest tier to OnePrimePlus.com. Get the Discord badge. Get all the back catalog. Get the newsletter. Love the newsletter. How do you not love that newsletter every tenth of the month? It's gold every time. Get in there. It's $2 US slash $47 Australian. Yep. It's a steal. Really? If I didn't if I didn't produce it, I would buy it. I produce it and I do <laughs> buy it. So there you go. <laughs> That's how dedicated I am. He's laundering his own money. Oneprimeplus.com. Out of every $2, I get $1.86 <laughs> or something like that. Donation to Patreon. <laughs> they call that the long, the long game.
1: It's in the long game. That should be it's a tagline. It's, <laughs> it's
0: in the long
2: game. <laughs> oh,
1: did you hear about the,
0: <laughs> the new Hemisphere Views NFT that I'm minting?
2: Mm, I did not but I did read about the 87 dolphins that you killed (laughs) while you were minting it. Oh, that's all right. I'm not minting Jack. Uh, Are we done with all that thing yet? Can we be done with that? Please. uh, Is it going to end soon? Do you think we need
0: enough money, enough people to go bankrupt and lose a bunch and get a bunch of money stolen from them. We're not there yet. Uh, I just still can't believe this is happening. This
2: feels like, like a, Oh, that's not going to work. You don't have The Onion that's like a online publication that does like jokey stuff. Okay. And the It feels mm. like that kind of store. like they would write it for that and everybody would be like, oh, that's so dumb. People are paying a million dollars for a JPEG. No, that's literally what's happening right now. So anyway. It's all
0: well and good if you can find somebody to buy it from you for two million.
2: It's true. Colin paging Dolly Parton. <laughs> She's got the funds.
1: The world's greatest entrepreneur. I'm trying to,
0: trying to. was I'm, doing I'm trying outro. to think of
1: some tie in between it, the words it, Dolly and fungible. Do, do, do. <laughs> okay, Jason, I think you need to count us down now before this goes too far.
2: In fungible, three, two. Are you, are you ready? Do you guys, are you ready? The islands moment?
0: in the stream are very fungible oh
1: man
2: he's not gonna i don't think he's gonna actually stop i think he's just gonna keep going
1: that is what we uh no one in between how can we funge i don't know
0: Clown up the
1: mountain. (laughs) (laughs)